I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny One Putt. Happy 4th of July to all of our listeners out there, all of our friends and family. We got a big players only crab feast coming up here at Dubs here shortly. We'll talk more about that next week. We hope you all have a wonderful 4th of July. We'll kick this episode off looking at the Rocket Mortgage Classic from this past weekend. Ricky Fowler, Colin Morikawa, and Adam Hadwin in a playoff. As the rain is rolling in, only time to get maybe one or two playoff holes, and Ricky Fowler birdies the first, ends a 1,600-day drought, finally back in the winner's circle. Big news for Rick. We'll look at the John Deere Classic coming up this week. A couple names we like, what we love about the course, and then we'll talk about some big players only golf from this past weekend around at PBDI and around at BlackRock. Two V2s at each of them. Stay tuned for the results. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. We hope you enjoy the episode. All right, a weekend of golf that uh, I don't think many of us were super excited about. The Rock and Mortgage were kind of in between events. But we had a really great finish. We had a three-way tie with Adam Hadwin, Colin Morikawa, and Ricky Fowler. Probably three of the top ten guys that are in the field go to a playoff hole. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Morikawa and Hadwin stripe it down the fairway. Ricky leaves it a little right in the rough. I think he takes a drop probably just for the temporary immovable like stands. Probably 180, 200 yards in, hits it to like 15 feet. Hadwin and Morikawa don't do any better. Ricky makes the 15-footer to win in the first time in 1,000, how many days was it? 1,600 days? Like four years and five months or something like that. It's specific, I, don't, I don't know what the days are. I don't know if five or six years ago, if you told me that Ricky was going to be on a four-year losing drought, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you. I mean, I would have. That's roughly how he started his career, too. Let's talk a little bit about Ricky. Let's talk, you know, this is a huge win for him. He's back on the map. It's not like the biggest event for him to win, but to get it done against Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin in a playoff, right? Birdie's 18 in regulation, and then Birdie's 18 in the playoff. What do you guys thought? That's what I was thrilled about, was that it wasn't, because it is one of those events that, you know, as Colin and some other people might recall the mule events, uh, where it's like not a lot of guys you really care about. Some of the guys will say, uh, Justin Thomas maybe didn't really care too much about the event and, you know, phoned it in, or he's just playing horribly. But you actually saw... Him, Ricky, have to actually kind of step up and get it done against actual competition rather than guys that were fighting or rookies on the tour or things like that. So it was nice to see him basically not crumble like he kind of did at the U.S. Open where he just kind of fell apart. Uh, I was really glad to see him finally pull it back out because he's been playing phenomenal golf this year. Like it's He's yeah. missed two cuts in 2023, has like 15 top 25s. Now obviously, we know his performance at the U.S. Open, quite a, diff- quite a few other ones, so it's just... Nice to see him finally get over that threshold. It was a great way for him to like break through because we saw at the U.S. Open him not really do anything the final round, and even in in this tournament, I think he he birdied seven, and then up between like the whole seven and eighteen, he didn't have another birdie. He was kind of fighting to make pars, and then it came down to eighteen, and he needed a birdie to make it into the playoff. And sure enough, he did it. He I think he stuck it to like three feet, 
yeah. uh, that first time around. And so that was, I, I think that's really interesting and probably not going to be talked about much, but his, his tee shot, I think the end of the third round and the end of the fourth round, this kind of dog leg left par 418th that kind of has a, a like a little stream running down the middle of it uh, as you're approaching to the green. It doesn't necessarily come into play off the tee because there's quite a bit room right, but there are a couple bunkers you're trying to squeeze through. But Ricky, his, his 18th tee shot in, on round three and round four, both are probably within three feet of that hazard. And he gets, I wouldn't call him lucky. I would just say like it could have been bad, but he ends up hitting darts in both rounds from that position. So he gets to that playoff hole. He's probably thinking, man, like let's just not make a big mistake here. We've been flirting with it these past two tee shots, but let's not make a big mistake. So he hits by far the worst tee shot. And I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin, probably two of the top 20 wedge players on tour are only 130 yards out on this par four, and Ricky's in kind of the junk to the right. I thought he had no chance. He stuffs it, and those guys just, they don't show up. Yeah, he got unbelievably lucky with, like, how bad he almost hit that shot where it brought those, you know, the stands in play and whatever other rules resulted in him getting a free drop. And he was lucky that his drop then was in there, or been trampled down by the fans right. and stuff all day. So it wasn't really like he was stuck in the rough or anything. So let's break that down, though. I actually think that Ricky, after those three tee shots, even though he was way far right in the rough, I think he actually had the advantage on the approach because the ground was soft. People, I mean, I saw so many highlights on Instagram of, like, ridiculous backspin when these they were hitting these greens and zipping back. So Hadwin, you saw his ball lands, like, right at the pin, zips back to, like, 25 feet. So at that point, Morikawa is hitting in, and he basically has, like, a two-foot spot to land this thing in order to spin it back to the hole. He hits it way beyond. It takes one hop and then bounces into the rough. Really unlucky shot. So Ricky actually is not going to get that much spin. His just kind of rolls right up there and nestles up to 15 feet or whatever. So I actually think he had the advantage on the second shot. I was pretty surprised not to see Hadwin and Morikawa, like, hit some more knockdowns. Like, I really expected them, you know, from 130 yards, I expected them taking a really easy pitching wedge in and not really swinging their gap wedge full and... I mean, they know what the spin's going to do there. They've been seeing it all day, and they they both didn't execute, right? Hadwin spins back 30 feet, and then Morikawa had to get a little too aggressive and ends up catching the rough behind the green. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Morikawa's shot was a foot yeah. long. Like, he was so close to being perfect. So it hit on the green, then, like, one hopped in, spun back, like, to the edge, like, of the rough and the... Um fringe like he was so close to being so perfect yeah you saw the surprise on his face when yeah. he hit it because he thought he hit it great he started and he just kind of like looked like just bewildered like yeah he chased it i think and yeah. then just yeah foot too long i think we got pretty lucky having those three in the playoff when you look at the rest of the leaderboard you got lucas glover peter quest who was an interesting name that i had never seen until this week but now with a t74 or better at the john deere this week we'll get temporary status on the pga tour the guy is like a three or four year tour pro, been kind of grinding it out on the corn ferry. Took Monday his chance. qualifier. It took his chance on a yeah. Monday qualifier. And I was reading a Twitter account that said, I'm surprised more of these corn ferry guys don't do this because it's almost easier to get into an event via Monday qualifier than win a corn ferry or get into the top 25 on the corn ferry. So congrats to him. We also had Taylor Moore, Adam Shank, Justin Lower, Aaron Rye, Alex Noren, Steven Yeager. So like, Talk about the cream rising to the top. Like, we got so lucky with those three guys because the rest of the top 10 is pretty dismal. Yeah. It could have very easily been like a joke of a kind of playoff situation. So, glad I could barely watch it in the first place, you know, for most of the tournament and was able to watch the playoff. But, like, that final round was dismal trying to watch yeah. it at all. And it was rainy and they had pace of play issues. They had a, the par 5, 14 or 15, where they think they had. Four groups on the hole at um, at one time, and the fifth group was walking up to the tee. 
So guys were like hiding in a merch tent while it was raining to like hanging out with the fans, just okay. trying not to get wet. But it was just an atrocity for a pace of play. How much earlier did they tee off than expected? Because I kind of flipped it on late and I was just like opening up the apps. I was like, I wonder what time the leaders tee off. And they were already on seven. Yeah. But I think did they like five hours earlier. How early was probably it? Probably off at like nine. Right? Yeah. Eight leaders were off at 8.50 or 9 o'clock. Like 2.50 yeah. is just yeah. when you normally see leaders go off. And, and so during the playoff, like the guy came in and said, yeah, meteorology team says, we only got about half an hour, yeah. so we got maybe time for two playoff <laughs> yeah. holes. And 30 Ricky minutes till the weather. Ricky just says, all right, we'll just make it one playoff hole. <laughs> all right, so we're rolling into the John Deere this week. Another, like, you know, non-elevated in-between event, but we're going to get to see lots of guys and lots of names, like that Peter Quest kid with an opportunity to get his temporary status. Uh, TPC Deer Run, I like to categorize it in the same grouping as, like, the where the Travelers has played, where the RBC Heritage has played. Uh, they're courses that the average amateur goes to, and they're like, man, this place is beautiful. It's kind of hard. The greens have a lot of slope to them. The rough's kind of thick. And then you go see the pros shoot 30 under out here. It's just a, I think it just speaks to how the game's kind of evolving past these courses. There's not enough distance and they're not able to make the courses hard enough, but still like a really fun course to watch. And uh, I think I set the course record on PGA 2K at 59. So we'll see if anyone can match my record this week. <laughs> yeah, I will say one thing about it this week. It is, you know, again, one of those ones you're not really going to pay attention, but it is the best field they've had since 2012. They actually think it was just last year. They didn't have like a single golfer in the top 50, and now they have nine of them. Yeah, it's more of the guys that have maybe been like struggling a little bit. Like um, Cam Young is probably like the biggest name in it, and he's kind of been a, a big letdown after his rookie of the year uh, last year. But, you know, he's there. Denny McCarthy's there who's been kind of hot on, you know, surgeon. So there are some. And then some of those young names you're talking about. I know you were big on Aberg last week, and then the um, sergeant from the U.S. Open that you know, he he's on like those special like sponsor exemption stuff. He's there. So. There are some names, some like future stars. I think you're probably going to see, and this is one of those tournaments that always has like a first time winner. I was looking at it, like statistically, it's like almost fifty percent of the time it's a first time winner, and we wow. have, we haven't had one in the last two two years, so it's probably due for someone to kind of come in and have that little breakthrough win. So we might see something fun happen. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of these events is I, this feels like the first one in a while we don't have a big rig there, like somebody who's by far and away the favorite. So all those guys you just mentioned, as far as the top guys in the field, it's going to be a breakthrough win if they're able to pull it off. If not, it's going to be kind of someone out of nowhere, which doesn't necessarily make these more watchable, but it's definitely, you know, cool storylines and someone's going to be a, in a life-changing position by the end of the round. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Spieth got his first win here, and look at him. He's got yeah. three majors, my favorite. So whoever first. wins this is the next Jordan Spieth it, is what you're It's possible. Me. It's possible. Yeah, I'm looking at two two guys here that have been playing really good golf this year but haven't broken through for their first win yet. first one's Adam Shank. I think, what is he? He used to be a chicken farmer or whatever, so playing in Iowa seems to fit him well <laughs> for a potential win. And then uh, Eric Cole is another one. He almost, I think he lost to Chris Kirk in a playoff at the Honda. He's been playing really well this year. So um, those two, might, we may be seeing them break through their first win this week. And they're both the kind of guys that just really own their game. Like Adam Shank, we saw him late on the leaderboard at the Rocket Mortgage. And I think I think Adam Shank is actually a really solid golfer. Like, maybe not contending at majors, but I think he's kind of figured out what he does well around the course, and he really just sticks to it. Yeah, I'm looking at Russell Henley this week. I think he's got uh, – maybe he missed one cut, but outside of that, like nine out of ten events, he's turned in a top 20, playing really well, especially at the majors and, you know, with, with a lot of those big guys not there this week. He can kind of step up and, and push through a little bit. Yeah, I think this is one of those courses that takes driver out of your hand a lot, so you're going to have a lot of the one, 
125 to 175 kind of shots into the greens. And Russell Henley is an absolute sniper. When, when he's on, I think he's one of the hottest golfers in the world. He can, he can list off six, seven straight birdies, and I think it's a good week for him to do that. I'm all over Denny this week. After our round with Jack last week, just feels right to take him. He's been hot, as I, I kind of alluded to earlier this year. You know, he came so close in a couple of events already. So he's due. He's got the putting game to, you know, even if his irons aren't perfect and all that kind of stuff, he's going to be rolling them in from all over the place. So got to take him. He is the favorite, so it's kind of a chalky pick, but I'll take it. Has Cam, has Cam Young still not won on the PGA Tour? No, I don't think he has. For like half a dozen seconds? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's you got Cam Young. That's only in majors he gets. And what what's his year been like? Like it just seems like he's done nothing. He shaved his beard. Never been had anywhere close to contention. After last year, he was like the guy. Yeah, it looks like he had a seventh at the Masters, and then he went T fifty one at RBC Heritage, T fifty nine at Quail, missed the cut at the PGA, missed the cut at the Memorial. Wow. Fifty seventh at the Canadian, thirty second at the US Open, and T sixty last week at the Travelers. He really hasn't even played much since the Masters. Yeah. So I wonder if he's got some sort of injuries he's dealing with. So you talk about, right, Cam Young, Denny McCarthy, Ludwig Aberg, um, I think Adam Hadwin, Keith Mitchell, they've both won. Adam Shank and Taylor, Taylor Moore's won. JT Poston's won this event before. He won last year, yeah. Yeah, so I like him. And then uh, Seamus Power, I think he's only won, he's kind of like Vic, where he's only won, like, events that happen. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like U.S. or Puerto Rico or something like that, but not domestically. Uh, so, yeah, we'll probably see a first-time winner this week. And, yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty prestigious event, right? It's a fun one. It's like there's not much golf up in this part of the country when it comes to PGA Tour events, so it's it's a fun one to watch. And like Dub alluded to, you get the tractor you can get in and you can put the ball into. I think I saw it's a driver this year. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, is the ball still gigantic? Cranking up the heat. Yeah. What we got? I will say, they do have some of the best tee markers in the game. The little tractors yep. on every hole. I love them. All right, so let's jump into some big player golf. We had a couple of rounds in the past week since we were last on here. The first one was our Thursday round at PB Die, a league round, right? Once a, once a month, we take our league to a different destination. and We play 18 holes. This, this week was PB Die. And I'm just going to come out and say that I think that Worthington Manor is my favorite course in Frederick County. But every time I go play PB Die, I think it makes me think twice about it. And the only thing is that I think Worthington just doesn't quite have enough distance. I think it only plays like 68 and change from the tips. And I think PB Die can tip out well over 7,000. We played one tee up from the tips. Is that right? Or two yeah, tees? One, one tee up. And it played pretty long. We had probably six, seven par fours, well over 400 yards. These greens are amazing. They were in good shape. The fairways are always nice. Like, I just don't have anything bad to say about this I course. I mean, I think this was the best shape it's been in in the last five years, which... I'd it, agree with it, that. It makes sense because it, it was one of the uh, U.S. Open qualifying sites. But, like, it... This is the first time I've gone there and been, like, really blown away by the course. It looked great, played phenomenal. I scored well, which obviously is going to help. But I was really impressed by, you know, how they managed to maintain it. Because we really needed the rain, and we finally got <laughs> We some, finally got it. We so. needed it. Tell you, one of one of the times we played there, weren't, like, the tee boxes, like, sand? Yeah. And everything. We were just, like, we thought we were walking like, into, like, a really nice course, and we're just, like... What's going on? So that's kind of like what I have in my mind. Obviously, I know it's a lot nicer, and yeah. I've been there other times where it's been nicer, but it's crazy to hear that you're saying that's number one. And I think PB Dot, I think they're, they have a unique opportunity. I was talking to my dad about this when we pulled up, and I said, when, when we're at Musket, which is a nice course, one of the nicer courses in the area, like, I don't really feel like the money. I mean, it costs like four grand to be a member there, and it's, you know, it's a pretty expensive golf course, but we pull in, it's just lots of average people vehicles, right? <laughs> But when you get to PB Die, what, a lot of Honda Accords, a lot of Honda Accords, a lot of yeah. But when you get to PB Die, like I swear to God, half the car, half the cars in the parking lot are BMWs and Teslas. Well, and that's Urbana versus Myers. Yeah, that's because you're right. Yeah, you're in Urbana, and then right next to Montgomery County versus 
out in the boonies of Myersville. So that's why I think they have a unique opportunity. Is they, I think they have a lot more money coming in than we might realize. So I think that they're probably on the verge of taking this course kind of to the next level. That being said, I thought they way overcharged for a you know round at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, what's the rate? It was like 70 bucks For 9? For, it was for 18. Oh, jeez. But, I mean, <laughs> most of the other courses around here, if you're at teen off at that time, it's like 40 bucks. Agreed. Yeah, it, it's a really fun layout. And the whole absence of fringe, like just so messes with my mind when I, it can't make that big of a difference because it's not like the fringe is going to stop your ball from rolling in the rough but just the visual of no fringe there uh traditional kind of peak die design there in that sense i think and i this might be my favorite layout course wise in the county uh it it didn't quite play as challenging as i thought it would the first hole would you have 18 birdies impossible like hit a ball in the green, just launches over, and I'm like, oh shit! Like it's gonna be impossible to hold the greens, and they just got more receptive as the day went on. But there's definitely challenging holes out there. It seems like a lot of blind shots, which I mm-hmm. never really appreciated uh, much about going there, and until this time, and you really kind of notice, like I, probably more than half, you don't see where your ball goes. Yeah, but I, I feel like the fact that we played uh, like the one tee back than I think what we usually have in the league. <laughs> you could actually see the landing spot a little bit better on some of those holes that have the really blind shots, which is almost like helpful in the sense of like, I feel like for you and Ben specifically, obviously distance is certainly not an issue, but for most of us, like we can hit far enough where moving back a tee doesn't impact it and being actually able to see where your ball was bouncing to a little bit. was so helpful. The greens I thought were extremely pure, just like putting. I, I had such a great time putting, except for a few holes where I missed, <laughs> missed some short putts. But maybe it was the fact that we were like actually pulling the pin out. It seemed like yeah. putts, especially the shorter ones, are like bigger pressure putts, and making those just was so much fun. I think this is kind of my argument about playing nicer courses and then even moving back some tees is I felt like we all kind of elevated our game a little bit. I think that we are under... Selling. At least for one nine each. Yeah, yeah. Until I think the transfusions kicked in. I think we're underselling how how tough this course still plays. I think Dub made the comment. I think he said that it didn't. He it doesn't play as hard as he remembers. I think it definitely does. I just think that we all get a little bit more focused in when we know we got a chip shot here that can easily run sixty feet past the pin and off the green. I think we kind of elevate our game a bit. Uh, I think it was the transfusions gave us a little bit of confidence for a while, <laughs> and then after a while, the transfusions took away said confidence. Well, they were giving us sixteen ounces. I was going to say they good. were they were big transfusions, <laughs> they were triples, and they were good like the Novas. They, they they were they were you know homemade wasn't like the pre-made mixer stuff i was very happy with the transfusion situation i can tell you guys were because i was wanting to hang out on friday with you guys and i got a lot of oh i got that from you on saturday too so. it it's that type of course and maybe it's again the transfusions talking but i felt like i never really hit the ball that bad but i made like just so many doubles yeah and i'd look back on the whole like how did that just happen i think and that's what i'm speaking you know, to you, you misplace one shot you miss on the wrong side of the green, short side yourself, It's uh, you're screwed. I, I couldn't agree more, but I do want to move to, uh, let's talk about the match that we had of uh, Colin and I taking on the big dogs here, which was quite entertaining, if I do say so myself. I don't want to spoil, we'll get to that, but it was that was fun. It was the first time anybody took on just Ben and Josh, who are hands down the best two golfers on the podcast with you know, Colin hot on their heels here based off recent play, but I don't want you overselling this thing because it's all net. So we're doing yeah, our strokes. We're getting a little carried away. Yeah, I don't yeah, want. I don't want. Up, no. We're taking on the disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, you're right. Though. I mean, of course, that we don't play that much. So the strokes, it's it's a high variance course for us because some, if you're going to have a good day, there's going to be someone that has a few bad holes and it's going to get pretty hectic. And 
This thing came all the way down to 18. That was a hell of a match. Yeah, Kyle and I really accidentally let them back in. We had a big, like, four-stroke lead, or four-hole lead at one point, and just let it go as those transfusions came in again. Yeah, I feel bad for Tully. He really got to experience kind of volatility that I go through and around. I was making every single putt inside 15 feet on the front nine, get to the back nine, and I just have, like, three triples in a row because I can't get out of the sand. Triple transfusions or triples? 18th hole, when it all came down to it, I think I just ended up giving up and taking an eight because I just so so far over the stroke limit. (laughs) (laughs) Just a total collapse. Yeah, but you were so hot on the front nine. We were, what, all all square going into 18? All square going into 18. Seems like every match ends up that way. Me and W were vibing a little bit there, like, middle Mm. of the back nine. I think that... It hadn't set in yet how much our backs were against the wall, so we kind of just forgot about it. And all of a sudden, we had one, Tyler, we had one par four where our foursome played it three under. Three birdies and a par. I mean, it was that was peak transfusion. Who, who, who that was like par? me, Colin. <laughs> but I hit a 20-footer for Yeah, he made par. a great putt. <laughs> yeah, but who had the best shot on that hole? Tully. Yeah, I did. Tully hit a second shot to like six inches. It was beautiful. Ooh. But that was like the, the peak of the bell curve for the transfusions, and it started to kind of wean off a little bit. It got a little bit more hectic after that. I, I am not somebody who makes a lot of birdies traditionally. If I'm playing well, it's a lot of pars. I made five birdies that round, but it was always like double birdie, double birdie, <laughs> double birdie. I made like two pars all day. Yeah, I think we, we were both having that discussion at one point on the front or the back. It was, it was like we hadn't. Neither of us had sniffed a par for like ten yeah. holes straight, and I was like, "What?" The-? All right, then real quickly too with PB Die, we got to get into this um, league scoring discrepancy controversy. Uh, there's issue. a lot of controversy that I'm hearing. So yeah, so you know when we change courses, and then especially when we change tees, right? Our weekly handicaps are going to fluctuate. Like this course plays a little bit more challenging than musket, and then we move back a tee, so we're doing calculations, trying to figure out how many strokes we get. And come down to it on like Friday morning or Saturday morning after the league, JP sends an email and says, I want you guys to know that I actually won the league this week. And so we go in and we start crunching some numbers to make sure. He won the league with a tiebreaker over Colin. He tied Colin for it. And Which then was he, all about the drop score or some and, bullshit. And, oh, and then that he was, says, that was yep, something special. I, win. I wonder like how many, how many things he had to go down before he found what he beat Colin on. <laughs> like, that had to be like the 10th tiebreaker. Reprioritizing like, the Colin, tiebreaker. Colin, 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 Colin. JP, oh, that's a good tiebreaker right it. there. Doing it. So then the best part is that Dub, like – goes through the number, starts crunching them, and says, oh, I think we have a problem. And he emails <laughs> JP. The best part is he emails JP by himself. He goes, not trying to be a dick, not trying to make anyone have <laughs> the worst day of their job. Not trying to get a laugh. <laughs> not trying to get a laugh, but I think you might have messed up the scoring. And then JP says, I'll get back to your email shortly, and I'm going to copy all the guys. <laughs> so we got to see Dub's email to him, and JP copies back and I mean, this thing's like a thousand word essay explaining why he's right and we're wrong. I read, I read like two sentences of that, and I was like, you know what? Just take it. I don't even care. There's something going on in Utah. <laughs> why would they do that? Why would they do that? JP's definitely over there just making up his own rules for how to calculate the handicaps and such. He, he sent out his calculations, and I'm not convinced he did one of them right. Because I put a, before we went, I went to the USGA website and put in our league handicaps to figure out what we'd be playing if we did a match and all that kind of stuff. And it was ours were just different than whatever he had, no matter what we did. I, he, he does explain it the same way every time, but I'd never remember how he does it. I will say I think the biggest problem that we're finding is we're using this league software from the 1800s, <laughs> and we need to – there's got to be a better technology out there, right? Like, it literally came out when the Dewey Decimal System Yeah, I get out. all these like ads That's on Instagram for golf leagues. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, there's got to be something you can just, you know. I got nothing, but, you know, props JP puts up with all our shit, but, I mean, we all know Colin won the league this year. This yeah. month. To clear the air, I, <laughs> I, I just want JP to know, because I know he's listening, I had nothing. You're to a rat bastard. <laughs> this is all them. I appreciate these guys having Oh, you should have heard what he said before I'm, I'm we pressed happy, I'm happy with the second place. I really screwed up on that back nine, like I said. I deserve to lose, so... Admittedly, you did come in with the strategy of, I just need to have one good nine, then yeah. I cannot give a fuck about the back. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. But all in all, a good week at the league. And we also had one more big player around. We went out to Black Rock on Saturday up toward Hagerstown. Uh, the site of the traditional 1A, 2A high school district championship, which you have to go to to qualify to play in the state tournament. So high school golfer, me and Dub, played there multiple times. We know the course well, and every time we go back, like I think we enjoy it. It's just kind of a quirky course. You takes driver out of your hands a lot. Lots of dog legs, lots of uphill, downhill. I'll give the par threes credit. I think the par threes, although we played them well, are always like really high variance. The second hole only played like a hundred yards, and I think we only had one ball in the green. Like it just messes with you a little bit. But yeah, almost Tully, went Tully in. almost drained that. Almost one. went in. Almost called it too. I almost said we almost had two hole. Well, Tully's was ended up being coming closer. Like it went by the hole fat like closer. But my par three, uh, the fourteenth or fifteenth, it hits like fifteen feet behind the pin, and we're like, oh come on, baby, do your do your thing. <laughs> do come on, spin, spin back. And then and it, it was like twenty feet. It back. spins back like five feet. And I'm like, oh man, I really thought we had a chance there. No, that was a good round. I mean, that was that was my uh, you know, end of a, a grueling six days of ninety nine holes of golf for me. So there was oh, there for was, you. There was it's some, oh, there was was some fatigue that it's came dedication. into play. Not know, a lot of people are going to talk about the dedication until he puts into the game. I right played now. a lot of golf last week and it was delightful. But the course was fun. I, I was having a rough time on that uh, front nine. Was not in a happy mood, but I got some chips at the turn and then really you know, turned it on. I felt. Felt great after a while. Tyler almost had nine under par. It was pretty impressive stuff. Tyler was going into I the myself. That was the problem. Going into the sixteenth <laughs> hole, needing a birdie, having like an eight footer for birdie, and he almost got it done. Man, it was a it was a good nine from Tip. Because I was I was even through eight on the back, and I was like, all right, I just got a birdie nine, and then I topped my drive like a hundred yards, put this <laughs> put the second ball on the water, and I'm just like, all right. It well, wasn't meant to so be. it was sixteen that cost you, right? That's where you had like, like the, the five or eight four footer, or five yeah, footer yeah. for birdie. Uh, nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. You almost drained that, and then he hit a pretty good one on the par three. It's just yeah, the eighteenth. I think the eighteenth kind of. It's a tough hole over the water. It's a blind tee shot. It's it's. A good I couldn't one. decide what I wanted to do with my tee shot. I was like, oh, I'm just grab driver, but I didn't want to hit it full because I thought it might the water might come in place. So I was like, I'll just hit a really light driver because I suck with my three wood off the tee, <laughs> and apparently you, I suck trying to hit. My well, you hit it really light. <laughs> no, I hit it really hard. <laughs> it just hit the top third of it. I think, the thing that always gets me about that eighteenth hole is that even when you hit a good drive right in the middle of fairway it's a downhill lie yeah. and you have to hit it get it up over the water because i mean it's like water and then green there's no room for error there yeah now i will say that tyler we're not the only people to collapse on that 18th hole this is the site of you know mickey's mickey, horrible collapse against ken so mickey turn off the pod right it's, now it's you don't some, want to hear this it's just something about that 18th hole it's not just us there's i mean something it, else going on that'll go down in history as the biggest collapse in match play history mickey getting like an 11 on that hole <laughs> and then ken walking off with his chest all puffed out when Mickey just got an 11 for him to win. I mean, that made it all better. You guys let Mickey take an 11? It's a par four. Oh, he hit three You're balls. Giving him double, double par. <laughs> no, because I, well, I feel like no we, we, we might have suggested We might have suggested it, but Ken's like, nope, not here. <laughs> he was playing the same mind games you did at um, Rattlewood. Oh, yeah. But all you know, talking about good matches, we had a good one at PBDI. We also had a good one here. This one went down to the 18th. Yeah, it was totally it bleak for and a I don't while. Know, I don't really know what happened. I don't, we didn't play that bad, but we were down, what, three or four, like halfway through the front nine, and it's like, 
this I think yeah we it's get, getting late quick entering the I think on 10 we were still down three I think yeah and then we we kind of turned it around yeah. got the well it was a surprise we we didn't know we were going to be teammates you know we we I oh, last, last, yeah we last drove up I there heard. together with the enemy mentality yeah, previous, and previous not talking why, why do you have to have enemies and, I'm just friends uh, with everybody previous week Tyler was like I want another shot at team belly he was calling us out he was ready to go and then we get there and he's like now I'm going to be but, with ben. we got there I had a bag of pretzels I didn't know who yeah, I was anymore. it was it really <laughs> threw us all it just took us you know 9 10 holes to kind of find our groove after you know being in that enemy mentality you know coming for each other's throats on the way up tyler is a snickers guy get a snickers and i mean you don't know what decision the food options were lacking so i I just had to go i didn't even know if they had the food options were lacking but the beer prices were phenomenal yeah two bucks a beer six packs but i don't know what's going on with black rock i think we were talking about it the last time we were there i think was two years ago and they had just started like a renovation of the clubhouse and the snack bar so two years later, that's renovation still ongoing. It doesn't, doesn't look like it's gotten very there's far. There's no either. hot food yet. Inflation is a bitch. I mean, it's tough. Inflation <laughs> out there. Two bucks a beer, yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. No, but but the match was was great. I, I mean, that was a lot of fun. I, I'm not, again, not happy with the outcome. I unfortunately missed a, like a four-foot knee knocker to uh, send it to the playoff hole. Oh, sure, I forgot about that. It was Feet. No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, it was definitely about four feet. We we definitely it got close enough that there were some questionable like putt outs. Yeah, there was. They're like, gonna like, need to see that. You're there. really yeah. gonna make me putt this. Yeah. This is a little ridiculous. Dub Dub Fulon did the uh, I did the Bryson, the Bryson throw the putter down, putter and then it was outside <laughs> the grip. Yeah, and then there was that great hole on the back nine. I think oh, I got, I got a birdie. I was just hell. thinking about that. Did Tyler, did what you did you get, Tyler? Too? I think I got a birdie. Dub, what did you get? I think I got one. Ben? I'm so glad you guys can have ben? fun. I, what, I, I'm you glad get? you had a great day on the golf What course. did you get? Ben? I got a bogey. Oh, you <laughs> what an idiot. God. Nah, but it was a good round. But it, it's hard to believe it took us this that long. Ben got a bogey on that hole. Yeah, <laughs> hard to believe. <laughs> but uh, that it took us this long to figure out. Like every match we've played, it's been close, yeah. and the it's net been thing competitive. Works out really good. Not, like both scores count, and it's net yeah. instead of just uh, like best score of the pairing and gross. So I think yeah. like eighty percent of our matches have come down to the eighteenth hole, yeah. and you can't beat that. It make it definitely makes a difference going the net route now and. I think if you if you looked at my splits, I generally play much worse on the front nine. But uh, I think Same. I'm probably a combined like 25 down on the front, <laughs> and, like, 20 up on the back. I know me and Colin might want to take this opportunity to challenge the big dogs. Oh. Gross. Oh. Oh, you can come get some. You can come get some. Okay. Who made oh, this gross. decision? <laughs> It'll be gross. <laughs> All right, that does it for us tonight. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram. Check us out at Big Players Only Pod. Thanks everyone for joining us. We'll be back next week. <laughs>